G, I put a thousand jumpers up. Word to Dapper J, I put a thousand jumpers up. When I'm ending off my day, I put a thousand jumpers up. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Alexis Didaway, a.k.a. The Lex Gabrielle, a.k.a. The head editor of The Lex Mix, and you are now tuned in to A Thousand Jumpers. Period. special guest man i forgot that y'all can see me dance now so <laughs> um it's, it's it's always cool when you get a friend to the show you uh, you she's one of the more musically uh inclined people that i i know um uh, we met that, that means a lot coming from jerrell I'm, I'm glad you said it uh we met nabj in new orleans yo rob you gotta come to nabj one of these years for sure well, but um they was gonna be this year yeah, it was going to be in D.C., but, you know, life like, <laughs> life and, and the Rona. But, you know, we got a, a friend, um, creator of the Lex Mix, you know, newsletter. We're going to put the um, link in the description so y'all can go subscribe. Get your weekly fix. And it's, it brightens up your Monday, too. So without further ado, Alexis did away. Welcome to a thousand jumpers. What up? What up? What up? What up? Real still ain't got us no on the spot sound effects. <laughs> it's like it's like year three or something, but you know. <laughs> All right. So before we get into you know the whole journey, how are you handling uh during this quote this global pandemic? How have you been? So for me, I have been working from home, quarantine, social distancing since March 13th. So I'm going on my fourth month of this. And all I can say is that it gets easier by the day. Uh, That first week, I was just, I was done for. I'm like, you mean to tell me I can't go to happy hour? I can't go... (laughs) I can't go get nothing to eat and sit down in the restaurant. Like, what is this? And then now, like, by the three months more, I was like, okay, girl, like, this is what your life is currently. You know, don't be selfish. Don't be, you know, dealing in the what ifs or what you could have done. This, what are you doing now and how are you going to make it better? So, I, you know, once I'm done with my work stuff, I watch my shows, learn how to cook new meals, you know, work out when I can, when the weather is nice outside, just make sure I'm keeping myself together and just try to really live in where I am now instead of worrying about where I could have been or where I wanted to be. Oh, I am the exact opposite. Like, in the beginning, I was like, oh, this is lit. I don't don't be going nowhere anyway. And then, like, two, three, I was like, all right, yo. This wild, bro. Now, now, like, ain't nothing open. Like I can't. I still can't go to the gym. I bro, will, this is the first year I have a gym membership. I will say that for like <laughs> for like introverted people who were not going out, like when they could, 
Mm-hmm. And now to the point where it's like you can't go out even if you wanted to. They like I see that struggle a little bit. Like dang, like mm-hmm. I was, I like going two or three places, you know. But, exactly. Yeah, but it's also like I I I'd rather do this than get the Rona. Oh, a hundred percent. Oh, that's not I even a question. Got to pray for the people out there in Florida, man, because they breaking records by the day. And I don't know if you saw, uh, Lex, that press conference. Those people were tripping. It was just like, man. you know, it's it's proving <laughs> if you wear a mask, you'll get the virus. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yo, you know, when you see like these things on like TV, like shows and stuff, you're like, yo, can't, no one can really think like this. This is just pure like satire. Fam, they were dead ass, like telling them, like, yo, you're a pedophile, you want us to wear the mask, and I'm like, it's what just is this lady talking about? It's crazy what lengths people go to to make up stuff to have an excuse or a reason to go outside. Like, it's never been dead serious, it's, it's just, oh, it's never been that, like, it's never been that. Oh. Yeah, it's just been a while. It's just like, just stay, stay low key, build, you know, work on yourself, just stay out the way. Like, it's real simple. Just stay out the way. <laughs> and if everyone, if we'd be out of here much, much, much quicker. So, yeah, but like, America's built on not doing what we want to do. We I mean, not doing what people say we should do. So, like, it's true. We are built on individualism. <clears throat> And not necessarily the concern for the next person. So exactly. it's difficult for people to get that in their head. Like, hey, like a minor inconvenience for a few weeks can save you months of time. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's amazing that we say, hey, guys, we don't want to get killed by police. And people are like, oh, what? I don't know about that. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> it don't surprise me about like, the shit. Are you sure? Like, are right? You sure? Are you sure this is an issue for you? Like, yes, girl. Hey. Like, like, your black lives matter. They're like, all right. How much, though? Right. That's really what it's been. It's like, do Enough to stop our sports? (laughs) I don't know. I'm like, this is crazy. So we're going to take it back, Lex. Um, You're from Memphis. How does your, your upbringing uh, influence who you are today and then influence what you like. So for me, um, I'm born and raised Memphis, period. Never lived anywhere else. Didn't leave my entire 18 years until I went to college. Um, I went to the University of Missouri, so I was only six hours away. Um, being from Memphis, like I, I, I just say I'm the truest truest example of what um, what being from Memphis can develop you into like I, I like for the good and for what maybe for what others may think of as the bad like I'm always trying to like find me something I can learn from find me better ways to develop and hustle and grow up and, and grind and really get to it um, I'm always looking for like the best in people you know, like, how can I learn from you? Like, what can I, what can I bring to you? What can you bring to me? Like, I'm really, a, I think I'm a friendly person because I've been around friendly people all of my life. Um, and just overall, just, I'm so Southern. Like, I, I'm from the South in the best way that could possibly be. There ain't no place in the world like Memphis and you rarely gonna find people who are from, who are like people who are from Memphis anywhere else. Um, musically, 
you know, I'm a big Gotti, three six, eight ball. Those are my people. Um, so, so when I was growing up, like those were the type of sounds that I was listening to, like that track, like that that flow, that just that mentality was what I looked for in my music, and that's what I love. Like I love music about hustling. I love music about grinding. I love music about being proud of where you're from, even if it's aggressive. You know what I'm saying? So that definitely you know definitely my middle school and even elementary school years and then when I grew older and I started peeping more attention to what my mama was listening to um, the R&B that she liked the soul music that she liked the gospel that she liked that became intertwined as well and I grew my ear even more as I got older so as someone who isn't from Memphis um, neither Rob or myself are Nah. If if you had to pick like two or three songs to define your city, mm. what would they be? Oh, that's a good one. Um. Okay, so I'm 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 gonna do I'm gonna do three songs. So one okay. song for sure I'm gonna do is um Who Run It by Three Six Mafia. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's like of course Three Six Mafia has their commercial hits like Hard Out Here for a Pimp, Stay Fly, Popping My Collar, but Who Run It is still like to this day. I think that song came out like twenty some years ago. To this day, you play that in the club. You can put it on aisle five of Walmart in Memphis. We all gonna play. <laughs> it's like such a just a hard hard song. Um, number two. I'm going to say Gorilla Pimp by Project Pat <laughs> just because like that's also like such a very aggressive vulgar song but it's true to like what the city was looking like back then and what Project Pat's experience was and that flow and that beat can be seen in so many other southern rappers um, development and then number three I'm going to keep it I'm going to push a little current um uh, gosh, because I'm try- trying to decide between like Dolph and Gotti and Glock and Moneybag. I think I'm gonna say it's a song called "Going Straight In" by Finesse Two Times. Uh, y'all probably have not heard of him, but that <laughs> <laughs> y'all have not heard of him. But I'm telling you, like, I'm actually gonna pick that for for the end. But that song. Okay. It's literally like my thing since I moved out here. It's just such uh just uh everything. Like y'all hear it, but it's everything. So those are my <laughs> All right. Yeah, I dig that. I mean for us I, I can remember like Karen sipping on some scissor for the first time. Yeah. Just like, bro, what is this? <laughs> like or, or just for me like Project Pat is probably like one of like pop my collar to me. Like I love Ooh. I love everybody on that, but like Project Pat and how he started it is just great. This has the funniest verse of my life, bro. <laughs> like <laughs> the it, crunchy black know, verse. It's crazy to think like like Juicy J is who he is now because like for the longest yeah. I'm like yeah, that's that's Juicy from three six, and then out of nowhere it's like yeah that's Juicy J, bro. Like yeah. <laughs> They're, they're 
career just incline is ridiculous in the way they've done it but still continuously put elements of of Memphis music in their three six mafia days in almost every song they touch and can still make hits like that it's just really it's impressive like that's why I'm just never gonna let them go and the fact that I got to experience them you know as a Memphian growing up you know seeing them at the concert seeing them at Memphis and May on festivals hearing all that old stuff and now seeing other people across like the world and nation or whatever enjoy it as well and put it into their music it's just ugh, like i'm so proud like <laughs> i'm so proud nah, i mean you should be like memphis is winning right now actually like you guys are I feel like low-key like memphis spot. is like memphis is like the new new orleans and like you got like yo Gotti's crew people who's like with him like black youngster and whatnot and you got key glock and everybody who we you know young Dolph and everybody with him you know i i, I feel like I feel like we finally getting that recognition. Yeah, Cause, definitely. Because whole time, Gotti been signing artists for a minute. Dolph mm-hmm. been working with Key Glock for a minute, and then we have other um, other Memphis artists who aren't necessarily necessarily affiliated with either that are popping up and doing their thing too. Um, that Crunk A Dead song, like yeah, that is my dog right yeah. now. Yo, wait, wait, he's from Memphis. I did not yeah, even know he's from Memphis. <laughs> Yo, that's my yo. That, what? That is a classic Project Pat song that he just you know did his own thing yeah. on But yeah, like even him, you know, we we were finally being recognized as a city that has you know quality music coming out consistently in the present day, and our influence is heard you know in the past too. Like Travis Scott just used some Memphis stuff on uh on his last Astro World album, like. All of yeah. Them. So, I, I I agree with that. I think like we're we're finally getting recognized as one of the southern cities that you know has something to say. Yeah. Nah, definitely. So you know, with with this newsletter, I guess we gotta uh, go to college. How did you know Mizzou prepare you for what you're doing right now? And even with the new uh, newsletter, like how did it I guess combine like what you learned? All right, so like I said earlier, I'm a proud graduate of the University of Missouri. Um, And when I was there, I first started out as a journalism major. I was a journalism major for two years. And then I wanted to do something that wasn't so structured, wasn't so traditional, wouldn't put me in where I felt like was a box. So they developed this new major called digital storytelling. Um, And I combined that with my Black Studies degree. So I was able to learn audio editing, audio mixing, um, how to write scripts for podcasts, how to develop stories via podcasts, editing video, writing for social media, so how to, you know, tell stories via these different platforms. Um, And with my Black Studies degree, I took a lot of classes in music, so I was blessed enough to take a class called Hip Hop and Global Culture, um, where we're learning about how hip hop is not only influencing the United States, but what does it sound like in Europe? What does it sound like in Australia? What is it sounding like in um, South America? And how are these all connected? Um, Hip hop and contemporary art, where we're learning about how artists like Jay-Z and Nas are also influenced or you know, are, are either influencing or being influenced by art that's been around for decades. 
Um, and that really just broadened my perspective on what music is, what it can be, how impactful it can be. And then I also did a radio show for three years. So I did late night radio from 10 to 12 for three years. Okay. Hip hop and R&B. Um, so I failed to say that I did all of that and never graduated with an intent on doing music. I was going to be the social media marketing person, you know, doing comms for corporations and things like that. And while I still do that and enjoy it, I would just tweet out my thoughts on Twitter. Like, Jarrell, you know, like, I'm quick. Like, new music. Bro, like, I got to interject right here. Rob, you know how I like to say I call things right and they happen. Mm -hmm. You know, I like to brag. Alexa's Alexa. better than me, bro. Like during during the like versus battle, she'll just say things and then it'll just happen. And I'm like, how does she know this song was gonna play? <laughs> or every day, or not even every day, it'd be like maybe once or twice a week or every other week. I'll just see someone going viral and I look, oh, it's Lex. All right. <laughs> like <sighs> You know, let, let me retweet and just keep going because that's what she do. Uh, yeah, I, I, I it's in her veins, man. I, I don't. I, I I really appreciate it, but I I had I had nowhere else to put those thoughts. I would just throw my stuff on Twitter, like, "Oh y'all, have y'all heard this song?" Or like, "Man, like this album is amazing." Or like, "Man, this sample is just." And I would just keep on doing that to so the point where I'd say starting late last year. My friends and people who follow me will be like, are you interested in a career in music? Or have you thought about starting a podcast? Or have you thought about doing a YouTube channel, just like your album reviews and stuff like that? And I would just put it off. I'd be like, no, I don't think so. Like, I'm just having fun right now. Or like, I don't know how I'm going to do this and work and all the other stuff I'm trying to do. So one day I just, it's actually a very, very crazy story. I one weekend I went to a friend's house and they said the same thing. They were like, Lex, like you have the following, you have the insight, like why don't you just share it? Like why don't you just go ahead and do that? And I'm like, yeah, see, I'm gonna think about it. Very next day on a Sunday, I'm watching the sermon and the guy, the, the preacher is saying how God is waiting on you to press play. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, you know what? All right. You know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ignore the universe no more. <laughs> The entire day, I just like was researching like, you know, newsletter platforms and how can I, you know, design it the way I want it and include my photos and videos and everything like that. And that's how we got with the Lex Mix. I didn't and I wanted to be sure I branded it like that because I'm not here to give you five Beyonce songs. I'm not here to give you what y'all been talking about all week on the timeline. I'm here to give you what I, in my humble opinion, think are some songs that y'all should listen to, songs that, you know, have a bigger purpose, songs that are influenced by such and such artists. And I just wanted to be in people's inboxes like Monday morning when you on the metro on the way to work, when you come in home from the gym, like just six real, real, real quick songs. So you're far like what we week six, six weeks later. So yeah, it's six this this coming week, right? This week will be the sixth one, yeah, on Monday. Okay. Well, oh, speaking of something like that, so what do you think of some uh, underrated projects that came out this year so far? Man, uh, first off, uh, I want to say I'm pronouncing his name right, Levin Kali. Yeah, that's my oh, dog, yeah, Levin. That's, that's my yo, dog. Yeah, Rel told me about that. I had me listen. I was like, ooh. The people. It's cold. <laughs> 
slept, 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 slept on him. Um, so I think his project was really, really dope. Um, Justine Sky re-released her EP as an album last week. Mm. Um, I think it's I, I hadn't listened to it when it came out late 2019. So I think it came out like September, October-ish. I hadn't listened to it then. But I went back and I was looking through my Spotify trying to find new songs. And I was like, oh, this is heat. Um, who else? T-Mars Project came out. People weren't really talking about it. That's um, Issa Rae's new signed artist. Yeah. Oh. I never got a chance to listen to it, but I, I was hearing good things from what yeah. I was seeing. It's pretty, it's pretty solid. Um, so those are the few that are like off the top of my head, like without me looking for real in terms of projects. And there are of course like single songs that just people, you know, didn't really give the time of day to like I would have wanted like that slow wine baseline by Lloyd. Still Flames. Flames. Uh, I can see why you and Jarrell get along. Like just <laughs> a, a really, really dope record. Um, all I need with um Mahalia and Ty Dolla Sign and Jacob Foyer, like hit a whole hit um just just so and the thing is i'm saying these songs and i'm sure for a fact that there are still more that i you know so Mm -hmm. those are my ones like those are the ones that either came out like january february and i'm still playing them and we're approaching july now, well, what Rob said, can can I make a, a statement that you may agree with? Rap for me this year has been solid, but R and B has been on fire, bro. Absolutely. Like it's Absolutely. it's really OC. Like how it's just like, bro, they just keep dropping heat, and everyone's dropping a quality project. But I think in the Rona, like it's hard to really feel feel the effects of rap because it's like man i want to really be outside to hear certain records but r&b you can just be chilling in the crib and you're like yo this this kind of go like yeah i was playing laven's project for like a week straight like hey no one's talking about this like <laughs> this is one of the best projects of the year to me so mm-hmm. i'm glad you touched on that yeah and for sure and with and with him um when I first introduced him to the Lex Mix, I want to say like two weeks ago, I was saying how, you know, if your f- debut album is what gets you in the door, your sophomore album is what turns the AC on. And yeah. his sophomore album is so solid. Like, he really did rock that project. And you can see the growth in him from his debut album while still staying true to some of the elements that make him him. Um, but I agree. I think that when I look for songs, the songs I like are more R&B than they are rap. Um, and I, I don't know if it's that I'm finally able to like really do a deep dive in the artists that aren't necessarily getting this much, you know, play or discussion on the TL or if, you know, rap is just... I don't know, taking a little breather right now. I won't I won't I don't wanna say like rap is taking a breather. I would just say again, like we're not certain music we I wanna hear it like outside. Like what, for what example, rappers right? came out. Like I mean Freddie Gibbs so, project was hard. Alfredo was Freddie Gibbs album is that's right. the best rap album of twenty twenty. As yeah. of now, for me. Like, but like Lil Babies has the longest effect because that was like right, bu- I want to say in the beginning of the pandemic or right before the pandemic. So people got to kind of feel that. This Gunna album to me is straight, but I don't not really like the outside. Album. 
But shoot, that uh, City Girls album, that I'm telling you, that shit is hard, bro. But don't you want to hear that outside? <laughs> like, of course. That's where you really go. Of course. <laughs> that that is, that is true. That That is true. And it is, Dang. you know, I'm also thinking about it from a music marketing perspective, you know. A lot of people... Wait, you know, the summer months is when you get a lot of music. You get a lot of music videos. It's prime time for, you know, to perform your song on an award show. It's prime time for you to, you know, be like making music for people to be in the club. So part of me feels like, okay, maybe some people are just holding back on their projects because they know it's the same. Um, Because I'm thinking, for a prime example, um, Lil Yachty. Well, Yachty dropped an album a few weeks ago. Right. I for a fact, it would have more of a buzz if we were able to be outside to play and enjoy it. Oh. Freddie uh, Gibbs. I, I agree well, with that. Freddie Gibbs' album, you can play sitting in quarantine and still enjoy because he has that type of momentum going. Yeah. Yachty's album, you're right, not going to hit the same if you're sitting, you know, you sitting in the bed or you just waking up and you logging into your work computer and logging off at 5 o'clock. Uh, so, I, so, so I feel yeah. like... If artists are pushing back projects, especially not only due to Corona, but because of you know all the stuff that's going on in the world right now with police brutality and protests, and like reading the room and realizing, hey, like this might not be the best time for you to get a quality response. And so, then, yeah. and speaking of reading the room, again, like the rap records, because. Or not, let's say all of them, but some of them may be more aggressive than others, and it's more like turn up is loud. We're really trying to turn up, or really trying to make a statement. So if you're not yeah. making a statement, we're not trying to hear that. While as R and B, R and B's may for the most part make you feel good. So it's like you know what, I can put this out like after you're mm-hmm. so frustrated about what's going on in the world and your downtime, play my new album, and it's just like yeah. all right, cool. There's, like, there's I, no expectations for R and B in that way to make yeah. a statement. Where like rap has been a voice of that. Yeah, nah, and I agree. I agree. And then speaking of Memphis, if Duke Deuce, because his album go hard, that came out literally maybe two weeks before the Rona hit. So like that momentum, especially the Crunk Ain't Dead remix with yeah. Juicy J, Lil John, and Project Pat, like he literally got all three on the record. That should be out of here. And then the Rona happened. It's like, dang, he got to start over again. Yeah. yeah. The same, the same way that you know, move the movie industry is trying to adapt and keep their momentum for their stars and their award season. The same way that the music industry is trying to adapt. So yeah, like R and B is slapping because R and B does have the capacity to slap in any given setting. Facts. Um, rap, you know, it, it is like a moment. It's just, it's a it's a vibe. Like the vibe got to be right. The time got to be right. And you know, it might not be the time right now. Yeah, I think that's a big thing. I, th- I think that's why we ain't got no like real new Cardi B music. Cause yeah, yeah. Like, and it's like she's like, yo, it ain't the time to be making the, the music I'm making. And that also, quiet as it's kept, loud as it is, I think that's why we ain't got no new Bruno Mars music. Mm. Mm. Because let me let me here's my theory. So. Bruno Mars was supposed to be one of the headliners for Essence this year before ended things. Bruno was also doing a Las Vegas residency for the past couple of months now, I think almost a year. My theory was that Bruno was going to drop some new music this summer and then perform those tracks at Essence. 
um, just because of the timing of things. But now it's like, okay, well, you know, Bruno is a very he he gives like upbeat. Mm-hmm. Well, R&B influence, pop influence, all these influences 100%. are summertime, you know, bops. So maybe I think he's holding back as well. I think a lot of people are going to be holding back. And then we're just going to wake up maybe like, I don't know, late this year, early next year and have all of this amazing music that we've been waiting on or asking about. Yeah, no, I, I agree because I think a lot of the heavy hitters were supposed to drop this year. So some who have already committed to dropping are, are going to drop maybe a little bit later. Like I know Drake is supposed to drop the album some point in the summer, but he might end up pushing it back to the fall because of you know what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. But I think that like build up next year, hopefully, prayerfully, if things get better, it will just be kind of a like unleashing of just like bro, it shouldn't be this much fire dropping right. at once. Mm-hmm. Nah, I hope it, I hope it gets spaced out a little bit because remember like a couple years ago they was dropping crazy stuff and it was like yo I can't even like listen to all this man it was like two or five dope joints a week like, yeah I mean for me I think the last like yeah, 2015 and 2017 are two years where it was just like, bro, how is all of this heat dropping at once? Like, this is ridiculous because you will listen to a project and then it's like, dang, another dude dropped that I like. Now I got to run that. And then it's yeah. it's a continuation. Yeah, for me, you know, for the Lex mix, for my process, I really try not to have any songs selected until Friday evening. Oh. Giving me enough time to run through the new music Friday drops, um, miss anything that I dropped that missed it. I mean, that I missed during the week that may have dropped because people tend to drop singles throughout the week. Yeah. He's on um, Fridays. So some some weeks it's like, okay, I really picked my sponsor on Thursday. Other weeks it's like, all right, you know what? I'm really going to have to make some cuts, <laughs> you know, depending on how much drops. No, nah, nah, I, I feel that. So you mentioned Memphis. You mentioned uh, going to school in Missouri. Now you're in the DMV. Tell me what that adjustment has been for you personally and musically because you're hearing a completely different sound. Yeah, so personally, you know, it's mad different. I mean, it, it's it's different up here. Um <laughs> Personality-wise, you know, things to do-wise, landscape-wise, professionally, it's it's a different place up here. I tell people all the time that I have yet to be in a place where there are so many hustling, ambitious, successful Black people. Everyone I know got a plan. Everyone I know got a business, a job they trying to level up in an education they trying to pursue like everyone is trying to get out here and get it um and it and it can be a bit of a okay a what's next type of place you know um for me it was difficult adjusting to the fact that you know it, it's not slow like you this it's not the it's not you know new york fast but it ain't memphis you can chill down for a little bit take a little breather for as long as you want to get back into it like it is a very hustle bustle type city but being out here to I just celebrated my two year anniversary this past Sunday. Turn um, it up. And, and I was supposed to only be up here for three months. So uh. even that in itself is just like the way I've grown as a professional, as a black woman, as a person. 
I really do attribute to being out here in the DMV, and I and I like it. I mean, I, I enjoy being out here with the Mo's or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm out here with them. Uh, musically, I'ma keep it a hundred with you. Uh oh, uh oh. Don't start. Don't start. Listen, listen. All good. Um, I'm a huge Jay Z fan. Mm-hmm. It's my first time hearing Jay Z played in the club regularly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Y'all couldn't throw out public service announcement or. Uh, oh yeah, like what? I've Definitely. never, I've never experienced that. Like East Coast rap really do be playing in the clubs. <laughs> I'm so used to like hearing just like straight Future, straight Drake, straight um, Luda or Gucci or Glock or Gotti, like. Y'all really do have an array of East Coast rappers that y'all turn up to. It's all over y'all radio. Like. So that was, you know, grew my appreciation for East Coast music because I've always been a fan. But I didn't indulge in it as much because, you know, geographically that wasn't where I was around. Um, right. I never knew how much y'all loves Pretty Girls by Wale. Uh, <laughs> I, that joint still go. I, I just never, played that the other day. Yeah, I never, I never knew. But also, I will say this: I didn't know about go go music till I got up here. I heard it, but I wasn't like indulging in it and investing in it until I got up here. So now, uh. that has trained my ear to hear those DC influences, like on One Thing by Anne Marie. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, Jay, Jill Scott has a song. Um, it's Love on her first album, like that. All. Yeah. Chris Brown got songs with DC influences. I keep forgetting, like he from right up the road in Virginia. So, but I, it's it's trained my ear even more um, to listen to that type of stuff and how you know y'all's music is also y'all's music and culture um, has influenced a lot of things. No, definitely. to your new favorite rapper. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Shy. you. <laughs> no, that's that's cool because you you get a wide variety. Like for me, I I tell Rob like growing up, especially in high school, when I first met Rob, like Gogo was the dominant thing. Like Gogo was cooler than rap. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, like I was, there was certain Gogo music I liked, but my favorite rappers was like Wayne and Ti. Like I love Southern rap music. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the blog era happened. So I'm listening to like Wiz and they're like, who is this Wiz Khalifa? I was like, yo, <laughs> oh, like I'm listening to a lot of West Coast music because through the Internet, it, I can imagine different Why? places because <laughs> it was fire. And Why? all the artists I like blew up. But even like with Memphis, like hearing, I remember like hearing, I remember the moment like seeing Nicki Minaj rap on Five Star Chick with Yo Gotti and I was like bro like Nicki like really she really it like I remember that moment or remember hearing uh, Pop of My Collar for the first time and you're just like dang like this so I feel like with DMV like we embrace so many different sounds so many different like regions it's a melting pot so it's, it's all kind of like one love like yo I see you or you see me and it's, it's all good yeah, like I, I, I was speechless when I was up here like my first couple weekends. I'm like, man, y'all really got a lot of everything going on, you know what I'm saying? And um my first I think I went to the Eight Street Festival. Yeah. Like yeah. my first time seeing Go Go live. And I'm like, oh man, like the y'all energy. 
Yeah, y'all, y'all be in it, in it, in it, in it, in it. But I love it. I love it. Well, I'm glad you properly accepted uh, our culture because I know a lot of people are like, man, you know, turn that BS off, and then then, then we gotta fight, you know. <laughs> then we can. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, nah, that's we that, hating on go go like. One thing about oh. it, one thing about it, and I actually just tweeted about this the other day. Um, for me, when people. Now, of course, I take it graciously and, and, you know, thankfully, when people write, oh, you got just great taste in music and your taste is better than that, I'd be trying to tell people, like, music is subjective. Music is, is very, very subjective. And how people feel about music doesn't just depend on what it sounds like. It can be how, where were you when you first heard it? Where are you? Are you from where this artist is from? Do you relate to the story? Like, you know, how like how invested are you in not only this song but this project, this artist, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? And so, no music tastes better than the other. I might not necessarily like a particular artist or listen to them on the regular, but that doesn't mean that I can't acknowledge the fact that they are impactful, that they do make music, great music that I don't listen to. There's plenty of people who are like that for me. And when it comes to like culture or regional stuff, like it's the same way. Um, it took me a minute when I was at Mizzou, the majority of the people who go to Mizzou are from Kansas City, Missouri, St. Louis, and Chicago. It took a minute for me to adjust to Chicago rap because I had never heard anything like that before. At first, I'm like, okay, like this is a whole lot of fast rapping and just bass and whole lot of anything going on. But when I blocked, um, unblocked my mind from that and really listened to it, I began to enjoy it. Same thing with Go-Go. For me, Go-Go was a lot going on that I couldn't quite follow. But once I unblocked my mind from being like, okay, girl, you don't like it, just go on wait for it. I ended up enjoying it. And now Sexy Lady is like my favorite song in the world. <laughs> so, like, like music is subjective. And especially when it comes down to, you know, culture and geography and stuff, I'm never going to say like, oh, that's trash. I'm more likely to be inclined to say, I don't feel it the way y'all feel it, but I understand how y'all feel. I wish the was like that to Lil B. What? <laughs> <laughs> A little beast and never mind. Um so so now that we, we, we got that, you know, kind of understanding, one of the beautiful, I guess, discoveries of of the quarantine is, you know, giving people their flowers while they while they have them, you know, while they're still able to take them in, in verses. And Rob, Lex has been one of the main people I retweet on the timeline when it's a versus battle uh, going on. So, like, what has been some of your favorite verses? And we can go from there. Oh, man. Um, Neo and uh, John Say Austin. That's hard. That one was hard. That was hard. Um, Erica Badu and Jill Scott. That was a moment, man. That was a moment. The original with Timbaland just playing beats and then someone calling Swizz and being like, yo, y'all should battle. I was there for that one. That was so uh, that was before there was a versus Instagram versus brand before any notoriety. Uh, that was Facts. three hours of just hits. That was just hits. Literally, Swiss Beats went to his car to play uh-huh. hits. Um, who else? Um... I, I gosh, there's been there's been a, a decent amount of them. Um, those are the three that really stood out to me though, and I think it was not only because of the quality of the music 
and the fact they were in caliber with each other. Um, but I think that just the, the energy between two contemporaries, two peers, um, learning from one another, telling the stories behind certain songs. Lil John and T Pain comes up for me as well as another that one. Was, that was special. As someone, <laughs> someone from the South, like that was definitely my kind of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like those, those were the ones for me where I was like fully invested, loving every single hit. Played the playlist as soon as they dropped right after. Um, <laughs> yeah, those, those were the ones for me. See, no one's top song Garrett and Dream yet. Bruh, get the heck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it was I. Right. That one of the, these battles has shown me one. Like, don't drink before the battle. Or I mean, no, if you want to drink, maybe have a it. glass of wine. But like, don't don't get like hammered. Cause when you get hammered, you you look like a fool like Sean Garrett, or you forget to play some of your best records like T Pain. Like I'm still like T Pain sh- could have made that battle closer. T Pain really played five o'clock in the morning. He and didn't got hit by B. Like, I'm still mad about that. <laughs> But also, but but that's also the thing, like, again, music is subjective. Like, we, the people, might not rock with, you know, 5 a.m., but for T-Pain, that could be one of his best crossover songs. That could have been the song that, you know, really got him, you know, it's a moment in time for him. He also didn't play some songs that I wanted him to play. He didn't play, uh, well, actually, Neo didn't play a song I wanted him to play. The Way You Move with T, uh, Trey Songz and T-Pain, he didn't play that. Yeah. And that's yeah. a hit for me. But that might, but because it wasn't as big of a commercial success, it didn't get as big of a response. Mm. He probably didn't play it, you know? Uh, John T had like six Aaliyah records. He was ready. <laughs> but 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 like that's the thing that's that's a jagger like you pull out any Aaliyah record it's automatic. yeah like he was like Bang. automatic that's why Puff can't be beat yeah like it's certain <laughs> it's like even if even if the song wasn't they top five best just playing it and being able to say that you were on it you wrote it you produced it you was in the room when the magic happened that alone so is there a versus battle that you're looking forward to or that. That you would want to see if you could make one. I've been telling the people I need I I need I need that Joe and Avant or that Joe and Genuine or something like that. I need Joe to be. Mm. I think Joe and Avant would be really dope. I think that would be really dope. Who do you think would win that though? Is Joe gonna win? Okay. I think I I think that that would be dope. I want Jazzy Faye to be involved. People do not be respecting Jazzy Faye's production skills. Jazzy Fizzle. (laughs) I I don't get it. He's made so many hits, but I can't think of another Southern producer that has that is in his time frame that hasn't gone on. Yeah. Because I was I I would have put Jazzy Faye against uh, Manny Fresh. I agree. I agree. Like having Manny go against yeah. Scott Storch was like it was, it was weird. It, it, it was. It, if they're not, they're not in the same in the same, yeah. um, and it's not because of talent. It's because Scott Storch was doing mainly East Coast New York artists, and Manny Fresh really was in Louisiana, Atlanta, doing that type of doing those type of records. Jazzy Faye had made records for Ti, Sierra, um, just so many other artists. Like he made the records at the beginning of their careers like yeah that's what i think about as well like 
he did. He he popped a lot of people off. Mm-hmm. I want Candy Birds to get in there for songwriting. Um, That'd be dope. Because she pushes her pen. Um, I, I really just want Missy Elliott to go on by herself and just play 20 records and explain them. She don't got to yeah. go. Missy, body. man. Oh, man. She got to get in there. Kick yeah. somebody's ass. Mm-hmm. Like... I'm trying to see who would else. I mean, I really want Brandy versus Monica so we can just see Brandy so, wash her. So, uh, first of all, I love Monica. I will marry Monica, but yeah, I don't want to see that tragic ass whooping. Like, what? Brandy be first album in, still kicking her ass. Uh, <laughs> don't do that to Monica. But then, you I know. mean, some of the verses, like, it better you know, not be this in past week, we, we had you know, Alicia Keys versus, versus John Legend, and it's just like. Yo, as long as Alicia plays nothing past 2010, she's going to smoke John, <laughs> which in my opinion, she did. Um, and then even like something we mentioned, uh, Rob and I mentioned off air, like we're all on this podcast, big Kurt Franklin fans. And granted, him versus Fred Hammond was an incredible battle, but oh, we wanted man, to just music. Kirk didn't miss at all like everything mm-hmm. was just brilliant and he still had songs that he did not play oh They're, yeah like cut from his albums like people be having with, with people I could go on and on about Kirk Franklin but what I want to draw people's attention for real is that when we look at the stats stats alone Kirk Franklin's um the album that he had with uh, God's Property, the one with um, More Than I Can Bear on it, mm-hmm. that album broke records across Billboard genre charts. So it, you know, charted for what, 40 something consecutive weeks on the God charts, but it also was like number one on the rap and R&B charts. It also was, you know, ranked very high on the Billboard Top 100 charts. Like, and the thing is, he's not just making singles, he's making masterful albums. Yeah, like a lot of mistakes. how we put that together. Kirk is. Does he, Kirk really have? I don't even know if he has a bad album. Like, right. I, I can't. Kirk <laughs> I don't makes, know if he has a bad album. Kirk mm. makes albums. He makes gospel albums. Like, a lot of gospel artists are really good at making singles or making a on you know live versions and recorded versions but sometimes lose the art of making an album and Kirk never lost that so yeah like that 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 was that was dope as well um but yeah like I, I hope the verses continues and doesn't lose the same fire and genuineness that I had when I was watching Timbaland you know play partition and play Cry Me a River, and then Swiss Beast falls up with, you know, Bring Them Out, um, or um, uh, Give Me Body by Beyonce, like, that energy, like, wow, you did this one too, you know? I hope yeah. that's... Yeah. Cry Me a River was played, like, in four different verses. <laughs> but, and, I mean, and a lot that, of people did it. And that's another thing, too, like, it also shows you that, like, artists are artists, but some of our artists, our favorite artists' best hits are due to producers, are due to songwriters. You know what I'm saying? Like, there hasn't been a versus battle without Beyonce. But who Beyonce chooses to work with, and you can hear the differences in the sounds, like yeah. a record with Timbaland um, producing and Justin Timberlake writing doesn't sound the same as a record with Swiss Beats um, 
producing and Sean Garrett writing. Doesn't sound the same as mm-hmm. writing one. Doesn't sound the same as Neo or Jose Austin. Like it, it's all different. Yeah. Knows who to work with. Artists know who can craft them sounds and craft a hit and craft an album. There's a reason why Missy Elliott and Timbaland make great music for themselves together. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So seeing people being able to see like okay producers know what pocket to get into artists know who to call on songwriters know who can sing a song you know what i'm saying so that's what i enjoy for real now you you mentioned songwriters and you mentioned like artists who are some of your favorite producers some of my favorite producers um i'm a i'm a i'm a very big babyface fan Oh, don't tell Rob. Oh, <laughs> I'm a bear, but but let me also preface this by saying that I have um, older parents. So when I was growing up, like I was one of them kids that couldn't touch the radio and play like you know uh, my uh, my hip hop and my R and B songs. I was this old school, oh, and so I learned to love um, uh, Terry Lewis and Jimmy Jam. Yeah, uh, I learned to love Teddy Riley, Babyface, um, real uh, the real Teddy Riley, the goat. Yeah, I'll be sure is a hair producer of mine. If we're talking like in the two thousands, Jazzy Faye. I really enjoy Hit Boy Records. Um, I'm a huge, huge, huge Pharrell fan. Um, like he just makes all his songs sound like they're from the future. Um, who else? Like, so they're like those are the ones who like really, really stick out to me. Missy Elliott is a producer. Like her, her songwriting pen is cold, but her producing skills are also equally as cold to me. And I, I got give it to you in your, uh, I think it was in the last uh, Lex Mix letter, you used that uh, sample that you know Missy produced yes. that was used on Bria's Interlude and Bryson mm-hmm. Tiller and stuff. I was like, yeah, a lot of people didn't know that, so. Yeah, like, yeah, the way that Missy can can literally like the song says, flip it down and reverse it with so many different tracks like that, that little tidbit that she took her and Tim took the intro of a nine minute song from Earth, Wind and Fire made Friendly Skies with Genuine only for it to be, you know, sampled twice by two of our generation's, like, biggest hit makers. Um, Tim and Rob also stand out to me as some great producers. People sleep on their sound. Um, the Runners. Just, uh, I can go on and on and on, on. Now, if we talking songwriting. We could do that. Let's, let's talk yeah. about it. <laughs> so, Tank. Tank is an amazing songwriter. James Fonderoy. James Fonderoy is an amazing songwriter. They both. Yo, James Fonderoy is, is yeah. wonderful, bro. Like his music, and he's supposed to be doing Omarion's new album, which I'm like, oh, that's gonna be fire, bro. Well, you, well, you know what's crazy? Um, fun fact: um, James Fonderoy and Tank used to work for the same songwriting producing collective, the underdogs. Tank wrote on, has background vocals on Oh by Omarion, his first solo single. That's um, crazy. <laughs> Fonteroy has um, songwriting credits as well as background vocals on Take You Down by Chris Brown, which is like Chris Brown's like I'm grown down, no more lullaby music. You know yeah. 
So I love their, I love both of their songwriting styles. Like they're very, very unique. Um, you can always tell when they're on a record. Um, Brian Michael Cox can That's write. That's my dog. That's my dog. Him a song. Um, it's a young lady by the name of Victoria Monet, I believe, that she's new. Oh, out. hey, her new single yo. with uh, Khalid, Khalid Flame. Yeah, that that yeah. might gotta be on the Lex mix. The I, I think song. I first heard her on a Nas album, and then I've been hip since. She 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 wrote on um I think she wrote on Do It by uh, Chloe and Halle. Mm-hmm. She wrote on that. Yo, she is eating. <laughs> let me see. Let me uh, let me not lie to you. You know I love facts. I'm looking it up right now. But if she I, was on a lot of like Ti's albums. Um, yeah. Nah, she she's super dope. Her album's supposed to come out rather soon, Jaguar. So mm-hmm. yeah, people need to look for that. She Ew. she's supremely dope. She she's on she was on Do It. She's been on a lot of Ariana Grande records. Like I, I I got hips to her a few months ago. I'm like, okay, she's very cold. Um, but then you, I also love songwriters who like you just never. They might they might have written one song, but that song slapped. Like I'm always gonna appreciate Donnell Jones, not only for the songs he wrote for himself, but he wrote Get it Together for 702 and produced it. And that mm. song has been sampled so much over the past two years because it's such a bop. Like, that slap. That's a fact. When Jermaine Dupri writes a song, when Al B. Sure writes a song, um, when Candy Burris writes a song, and she writes for R&B, pop, all over the genres. Um, people, people love to talk about producing, but songwriting is equally as important. Like that's where the money's at. That's where the money's at. That's where the royalties are at. That's where that's where the credit is. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And and you know how how the lyrics hit you, you know, in different ways is just important. Not everyone can illustrate and create that the way a lot of these dope songwriters can. No, nah, that's that's well said. So let's get to some fun questions before we get up out of here. All right. Um, you got a soundtrack about your life. What's something from your days growing up in Memphis, your days at Mizzou, and your time here? One of each, off top. Um. Okay. Off the top of the dome. Okay. Um. From my time in Memphis. Um. Sell my dope by Yo Gotti. Okay. My favorite Yo Gotti songs ever. Um, I used to love, love, love rapping that. Um, for my time at Mizzou. Oh, gosh, like four years at Mizzou. What would have been the one? Um, I think Good Ass Outro by Chance the Rapper. I know that's a very, very random pick. But <laughs> I first found out about him at Mizzou, and when I first heard that, like I played that out all the way out. Chances <laughs> made his way to our interview. <laughs> nah, that's that's real though. Like, I remember hearing Acid Rap in college, so yeah, nah, that's that's a yeah, good pick. That was the one for me. And then out here, um, I'm not gonna say crew because that's just so like cliche. Uh, that's hard. It's appropriate. I mean, if you want to do that, fact, <laughs> like, I can't I get mad at court. you. Huh? Um, I don't think, but I don't think that's it. I don't, I don't think that's it. 
I this is the one I really want to pick is can't um can't knock the hustle by Jay Z because I will say every morning going to my internship when I first first moved out here I played that song all I'm the making sure term goes when it when that I would play that every single time I got on that 71487 bus. Headed for the uh, Greenville Metro. I played that bad boy all the way out. So all those songs have like a different meaning for me from where I was at that point in my life. Uh, all right. That's uh me speaking of can't not the hustle means the uh, anniversary of reasonable doubt. Yes, today, twenty-four years. Twenty-four years. What's your favorite songs on that? Um, this is an unpopular opinion, but I really like uh, "Ain't No Nigga." Like that's my that's a. Mm. I enjoy that. Um, what's my other? Keep fresh in the next. Politics is my is my other. And then I would have to say, uh, "Dead Presidents." That's to keep it class. That's that's yeah, that's, that's respectable to me. Uh, what are, I guess, some of your favorite albums of all time across all genres? Once Again by John Legend is one of my favorite R&B albums of all time. Um, B-Day by Beyonce. Um, my first, this guy. <laughs> my personal favorite Jay-Z album today, it flows between three, but today it's American Gangster. Um, I think that Trina's... Trina's first album is one of my favorites ever. Um, you playing that after the few weeks she's had? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? So I listened to the read. Um, I listened to the read, which is a if y'all listening who don't know, it's a podcast where one of the hosts. Um, oh yeah, he's a huge Trina stan. Trina Dang, stan. I forgot to listen how how he thought about everything. He said that, you know, he's never going to put him standing a a celebrity artist over like the lives of African-American people, but that she texted him and reached out to him and told him, you know, that she learned from her mistake and she was just sorry and speaking from a place of hurt. Um, So, you know, I'm not going to play it as loud, but I'm going to play that back. Mr. Don't Play Everything's Working by Project Pat came out in 2001. A hit. Album, ah, uh, what a hit! Um, what else? I stopped being an album person a few years ago, so a lot of these are going to be a little bit older. Um, What's wrong with us? What else I be listening to? Oh, um, I, I just want I just want to sing by um, Music Soul Child. Yeah. yeah. Um, else? I'm just gonna listen. Hard. Lil John, the East Side Boys first album. I cannot remember the name of it right now. That joint knocked for me. Um, Put Your Hood Up. That was a great album for me as well. Um, I'm just looking. I'm going through my phone right now and just going. <laughs> this is some bangers right here. Like There's some albums I want to go back and revisit. Oh, back, uh. Really? Uh, Little Chris's first two albums, back for the back for the first Ooh, time. That's hard. Were also very, very like transformative for me. I think Omarion's debut album, Chris Brown's debut album, and of course, told y'all, man. Chris you already know, like already knows that I really do believe that Usher's Confessions album is the. The, 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 the best R&B album of the past 20 years. 
And I really, I'm, I'm going to be very hard to find one that, you know, is better. Like there are going to be some that are going to be in conversation, but better is the, is the word I'm looking for. Like, is it better? Like, yeah, we so, can talk about it better. If we talking, all right. So we talking since 2000, you, is that including male and female? Um, I want to say, yeah, I know for sure it's not going to mail out the water. Um, I want to say yeah. Mm. That that's a, that that's a good debate. See, the thing I'm not necessarily going to disagree, but I would love to like open that for conversation. Yeah, Confessions is like Thriller. Like, there's albums that are better than Thriller, but Thriller's so big, it's hard to say an album is better. But I don't. Like, here's the thing, because no, it's not. Because let me also tell you this: like, Confessions was big, mm-hmm. but let's look at the material. Like, let's look at the records. Let's look at the at the at the production. Let's look at the vocals. Like, let let's. I mean, I, I just I I I fully stand that album because I remember being young when it came out. Um, I think in 2004 yeah, and watching video on 106 in Park's top 10 countdown for like three months straight yep. every single time you know yep. what I'm saying and like when you have <laughs> when you have Bad Girl that's what it's made for and can you handle it as a three song sequence on your album? When you have superstar truth hurts and simple things as a three song sequence on your <laughs> album. When you, have, when you have yeah, throwback and confessions, and then you follow up with confessions part two, which equally slaps, burn, caught up, can you handle it? Do it to me, my boo, follow me. Not to mention, <laughs> not to mention that I'm I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at it right now. Not all these songs were singles, but all these songs are played on the radio. Your album is that good that your deep cuts, deep cuts are being played. Confessions was dope. Superstar was being played on the radio, never had a video. That's what it's made for on the radio. It's a crime, by the way. It's a crime crime that they weren't taking seriously in time. But yeah, like. Oh my God. I just don't. And the thing was, it wasn't just because it was big, it's because it was good. And I just cannot name an album that had that impact, that was that good, that was that well done. Not just the songs were good, but the way they were placed was good. The order was good. The production was good. The mixing was good. That's what it's made for. It's one of the best mixed songs, best audio engineered songs I've heard in a very long time. You hear everything on that bad boy. So you said a lot of truth. Um, I met Rob in, was that, 08? And I remember like one of yeah. our, our earlier conversations, I was just like, you know, we, we taught music. And we talk about R&B, we talk confessions. So we universally agree that confessions is top notch. And um, he was like, yo, what's your favorite song on there? And I was like, honestly, I think Superstar. And like that interlude, like that's my favorite interlude of all time for me. And Rob used to chat oh me like, Superstar is one of the worst songs ever. So to <laughs> I was see like, the like, not... trajectory it's, it's gotten over the years, it's been the most beautiful it's not thing. One of the, so I thank... don't play that. Sh- all the songs on that album, I don't play. I don't want him screaming in my ear, bro. Like, keep it moving. Bro, that song is perfect, He's dog. I'm screaming. <laughs> Like, bro, I don't need that. Beat. The volume of his voice doesn't even turn up until after the bridge. So, like, we don't. So that shit ain't the. That shit ain't the. That's, nah, it gets no plays. Like, well, Confessions part, part one is like. 
I got tagged Lex in the Crazy. video. Someone, um, the dude from City High that was on um, Sister Act 2, like he's the person that wrote it. I didn't know that. And he was like, yeah, I did the demo for this. And then that's how Superstar was created. I was like, yo, he made Superstar? Yeah, I respect him even yeah. more now. Yeah, I what would he do? His son's at home. <laughs> But now that's a good question. We might have to poll like, is Confessions the greatest R&B album of this new millennium? I I, I would say from from 2000 from 2000 Mm -hmm. until now, I just I unless I'm missing like can y'all tell me like what would be in the conversation? Like what albums would be in conversation? If we're, I don't know if we're counting uh, the emancipation of Mimi as R and B, but if we are, like that's in the that's conversation. up there. That's in the conversation. Eighty seven oh one is up there in itself. Yeah. Eighty seven oh one came out. It came out in two thousand one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, though. Are we putting Jill? Jill's first album is there for me. Let's see. Like, do we count? Like, see, it, it's a bunch of different. That's the thing with R&B. It's a different vibe too. Because like, Erica Badu got two, three of them that can be in there. That's crazy. And then it's like, are you putting a Beyonce album in there? Um, right. I'm trying oh, to think for male breakthrough. Oh, yo, that's yeah, that's like, crazy. But like for males, I think you got a point because you have what Usher, Chris Brown's debut album. You would have what Ready by Trey Songs. Um, but that ain't even a thing in the same trilogy, maybe by the weekend. Uh, yeah, but no, nah, that's that's a really good good point. I can't necessarily dispute it. Yeah, he probably has males definitely. I think so. I think that okay. So in my opinion, Confessions is it. I will entertain conversations about Mariah Carey's Emancipation of Mimi, Beyonce's B-Day, because um, B-Day was really, in my opinion, Beyonce's last, like, R&B album. You know? Mm, that's a take. That's a, that's a Wait, take. Dangerous in Love? But, but Dangerous in Love was her debut. Before so that, B-Day. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. You're right. So, like, her last R&B okay. And so no, you don't think you don't think four is an R and B? Really? I think blue. I think four, but listen how I'm saying R and B. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I I'm with I'm, you on I'm, that. I'm I'm not saying R and B influenced. Four has R and B influences, but there's no way that I'm gonna sit up here and say "End of Time" is an R and B song. That um, was "Run the World Girls" is an R and B song. It's with life an R and B song. Don't get me wrong, like "Countdown" and "Love on Top" and "Dance for You" and 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 that. Even I even I even go so far and say I care. Those have R and B influences and can be put in that category. But as an album stacked from top to bottom, I'm not gonna say it's strictly R and B. I think it's the R and B influences are there. But if we were doing it Grammy style, where like 51 percent of your album has to be in the R and B category, it would knock it off. So you, that's why it's yeah, that makes sense why she's been in the urban contemporary. Right, people, people be and I and I don't. We don't have to get into a big discussion about it. But people be forgetting that like 
Grammys have certain percentages you have to knock into in order for your album to be in a certain category. If 51% of your album is not R&B, it's not going to be in the R&B category. If 51% of your album is not rap, it's not going to be in the R&B category. That's why Drake's Scorpion album was not in the rap category. Because 50%, like half of it is R&B. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. you know. That's facts. So by those standpoints, like, yeah, B-Day was my girl's last, like, this is R&B type stuff, you know? Like, from top to bottom as a whole project. Nah, I feel that. I never never looked at it that way, so you you just enlighten me for sure. Um, I guess before we get up out of here, you know, we got to do this year music head. You trapped on an island for a year. Dun, dun, dun. You got three albums or mixtapes. What you bring in? Oh, we're trying to get Wayne in there somehow. <laughs> As of today. As of today. Voodoo by D'Angelo. Um. Confessions. <laughs> <laughs> And then I gotta get some ratchet stuff. I need some ratchet stuff. When I'm trying to get ratchet. <laughs> um, I wanna say. No, I can't say that one. I can't say that Gosh, this, this third one is really, really difficult. Because what stands out to me is I, I, I mess around and bring. Um, uh, Tina Snow. Really? I think okay. I Tina Snow. Mm. Um, I think that'd give me like some new to go with these older albums. Um, Tina Snow up in there. <laughs> I, w- I would low key. I would low key bring um, some little Webby, but that's <laughs> that's just a me preference. Like I'm telling y'all. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, why as soon as you said Lil Webby, I thought I'd give me that. <laughs> it just popped in my head. Yeah. Webby guy, it's like that his first mm-hmm. album. Like that yeah. beat just came straight in my head. Girl, <laughs> give me that. <laughs> Look, um, That's his song. Mm, mm, oh, wow. <laughs> That's crazy. So, so, so Lil Webby was Confessions and Voodoo for sure, and then somewhere between Meg's Tina Snow and Webby's first album could be my third. That's a that's an interesting list. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely an that's interesting life. That's definitely different than any other list we've gotten. For sure, a hundred percent. So yeah, before you know, we we uh, I guess we close. Um, tell people where they can find you. Uh, where they can find Alex Mix, what to look forward to, all that. All right. So to follow me for all of my spicy takes on music, food, and whatever else I feel like talking about, um, definitely follow me on Twitter at the Lex Gabrielle. That's T H E L E X G A B R I E L L E. The Lex Gabrielle on Twitter. 
for the Lex Mix specific content. So me tweeting out the newsletter, um, me doing any polls, some of my favorite live performances I like to tweet out. Follow at the Lex Mix on Twitter as well. Um, and to subscribe to the newsletter, look on both of those um, Twitter pages and I keep the most recent edition of the newsletter in my website section. Um, newsletters drop every Monday every Monday morning, six songs that I feel like you should listen to that week as well as a sample of the week. So whatever sample I'm feeling that week, I also try to include articles, um, any other dope newsletters or music podcasts that you all should listen to. I include those as well every Monday. And yeah, that's where you can find me. That's what's up, man. Um, Lex, you can pick the closeout song. So, who who from Memphis are we cranking to to uh, end the show? I would like you all to listen to um, <laughs> finesse two times, <laughs> going straight in freestyle. And there you have it, folks. Um, thank you guys for listening. Thanks. Shout out all the miss. Memphis uh, listeners, we're going to get this week because we definitely going to get a whole bunch. Um, a new demographic. A new, a whole new demographic. So we appreciate you, Lex. Uh, Bobby G, appreciate you as always. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And uh, until the next time, peace. Up all of a sudden, American, I got the Russian. You playing Russian roulette? I'm playing run up a check. Whoever thought I would next? Social media, you're a mess. K Michelle trying to wipe her. Shooting at her with the scope on the rifle. White Louis V on the buckle. I'm the Louis V Messiah. She like the Louis V pizza. I like the Louis V sneakers. I got that boy in the ether. She make you sweat like the preacher. She talking shit like I need her. She fucking me like she need me. Cushion the drink in the evening. Color purple like ceiling. Hey, Clay, hey, Clay, keep all that in there. Keep all that in there, all right? I'm tonight, keep all that shit, man. I'm gonna come back in, man. I'm gonna come a little different this time, though. You feel me? All right. DJ Lilaire, DJ Lilaire, I'm riding a runner car, the scrap and the lap and the cushion, the pickle jar, the Draco up under me, and all of these players around me, they honor me, they hustle and flow money, I got out and came up off the whole money, you know that's for show money, I'm still a street nigga, cop a old for me, I'm smoking jet fuel, just make your next move be your best move, you know I say peed up, pull up in $1,500 dress shoes, you know that they watch, you know that they listening, but they ain't saying shit, and if them niggas wanna kill me, my nigga, then why the fuck is I ain't dead yet? Slip a gold when it comes to the streets I'm the king when it comes to the east I'm the prince when it comes to the city I'm up next for a multi-million Pussy nigga try to blemish my image Give it to him back to back, make him feel it And when I see you out in traffic, my nigga Speak to a nigga, better not be in your feelings I want that way now We run the city to fuck that debate now These niggas in 
fuck with me. I got out and came up, now they face long. I linked up with money bags, like I need a healer. I'm going straight in. You know I'm a big player. I feel like Joe Frazier at the way in. I'm smoking, I need the greatest. I'm a patient, serving patient. I think they feel intimidated. I think it's time for demolition. Been in and out of jail all my life, so I done got a little impatient. These niggas ain't talking about what's your turn. Fuck you, mean nigga finna take it. It's your time now, homie. And I co-sign that. PGE.